Now, let me tell you that we went through a whole series on that you're rich. And we talked about how the spiritual blessings and God's favor is on us. And a lot of times we don't realize that even that we're wealthy money. I'm talking about cash, okay? Let's just get down to the needy greedy. And when you think that you have a house, some of us have houses just for our cars called garages. But we compare ourselves with other people and we go, we're not rich. Now let's talk about this. When you come to Jesus Christ and God begins to bless you, if you don't know that you're blessed, you will never give God the glory. Therefore, you'll begin to look at everybody else and go, they're more blessed than me. The blessing isn't even on my life. When you enter the courts of God with thanksgiving, things begin to happen in your life. Then you begin to worship and praise God for who he is. So this morning, listen. When we come to know that and the Word of God begins to change us and transforms our mind into the way that God's thinking, all of a sudden we get thoughts and we get understanding. As, as a proverb says, if wisdom, wisdom is supreme. Get wisdom if it costs you everything. This morning, all of us would love to just come some church service and let somebody lay hands on us and, and stupid thinking would go away. But you just can't lay hands on it. It's a process. The, the Bible in Proverbs also goes on to say, Wisdom yells in the street, Hey, simpleton! That's a nice way of saying, Hey, stupid! How long are you going to be stupid? That's why the Word of God changes ordinary, our ordinary and puts extra on our ordinary to make us extraordinary. Now watch this. The extraordinary isn't just for you. It's for the nations that are looking for hope in their life. People that are struggling for answers, you have the answer. Wait on it. Wait on it. This morning, if you're here and you say, I, I don't have the answer. The question is, or I should say, why? God has given us everything necessary for godly living. Everything necessary to walk in the kingdom of God and answers to hurting world. Let, let me say this. Having a renewed mind is not so much as... Going, going to heaven, but it's how much heaven on this earth right now that you want to experience. That we swim in the revelation of salvation, but how much more does God want us to walk in the freedom that he's given us through his word? Now, now we've used this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that says this, that is referring to Isaiah's prophecy. He says, what eye has not seen, and ear is not heard, and not even has entered into the mind of man all that God has prepared. In the Amplified, it kind of goes a little bit further, saying, made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Recognizing the benefit. It goes back to the person, I'm really not blessed. 
you need to just go to a third world country for a couple months, and then you realize, man, I was pretty blessed back there in the United States. I don't like to pay taxes. Third world country, where it's not always, you know, what they're doing with their taxes is right, and you come back to the United States, and you realize that God has blessed you right where you are. Amen. No eyes see, no ears heard. But then it goes on to say, yet us, you and I, that believe in God and we made him Lord of our life, yet to us God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything and sounding the profound and bottom things of God, divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. The Holy Spirit that resides in you reveals things that are not even to the point of common sense in the world that we live in. You can say, Pastor, I'm I'm just a small person. The good news is the Bible says that God takes us small things to even confound the wise or the big things. Okay. This morning, if we understand and we look at this sermon and these series that I'm preaching and you realize that God has some pretty incredible things for you and me, if we can just listen to the Holy Spirit as He speaks to us, we become wiser than what people even would speak over our lives. And again, what immediately goes to your mind is when the disciples are speaking to the, you know, the, the religious leaders, the wise guys. And they go, how did these guys come up with all this? And then they realize that they had spent time with Jesus. That's you and I. So this morning, I want you to see this. And we've been talking about the blessing of God and the love of God on his people. In particular, it starts in in Genesis chapter 3 when when we see that the blessing is on Adam and Eve. And and the Bible says that God blessed them and made him in his own image and put him in the garden to take authority over the garden, over everything on the earth. And, and we talked about Adam and how he was blessed, but he forfeited that by allowing the disobedience to come into his life, and therefore sin came into the world. I don't have time to preach that message again, so go back and you're able to listen to that on some of the recordings on the Internet. But we took it through Noah and how God said, I will bless you. And we see the fruit of Noah's blessed life. Then we took the the story of Abraham and how God said, I want you to leave your country and your people and go to a city that I'm going to tell you. And what caused him to be blessed was his obedience. He went. Last week we talked about Isaac, his son, and Jacob, his son, and how the blessing continually flowed through the people of God. This morning, I want you to see this. The blessing comes from the will of God to man because of his love. It's not because of what you've done. It's his heart. It also comes when one is serving God as their only God. Abraham didn't have five gods. He only had the God that we know and we serve. And the third thing I want you to understand is The blessing comes when someone is, you could say, faithful and obedient to the things of God. 
And you can track this all the way through these people that we're talking about today. And as the as the New Testament says, the Old Testament is there for our examples so that we can see and learn from them, including their mistakes. This morning, I want to take the blessed man and he's the most blessed person that has ever been on the earth to this point. And his name is Joseph. But the initial, in the, the beginning of his life, you can see, oh, this guy has it bad. Aren't you glad that God writes our story, including the end? See, in Joseph's life, circumstances will say, no way. But God will say, this way. And each time, God makes a way where there seems to be no way. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 37. And as you're reading this month through Genesis, this is at the end of the book. And it's very fascinating to the point when I was preparing this message and everything that we have to do today, there's just no way I'm going to get it all in. So I'm going to tell you ahead of time that we're going to have part two next week on Joseph's life. But this is a story that can minister to each one of us. Let me tell you, every time this in a portion of this man's life, I begin to again recall things in my life that example to begin to remind me how faithful God is. This morning, look at Genesis 37, verse 1. Jacob lived, this is Joseph's father, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, which was Isaac and then Abraham. They stayed the, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending his father's flocks with his brothers, the sons of Benai and the sons of Ziphah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a richly ornament robe for him. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any other of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Now listen, he's 17 years of age. Does anybody here remember when you were 17? Let me see your hand if you remember when you're 17. Maybe something happened. You got a car, started driving, whatever. 17. Emphasis on the teen. He was 17 when tending the father's flocks with his brothers, and he gives a bad report about his brothers. This guy didn't even have Facebook, and he's given a bad report. See, he has no problem sharing bad reports with his father. But I want you to see another thing is Jacob loved his son Joseph because he's born late in his life, but also he's born to Rachel. And we talked about that last week. He will have, Jacob will really have four wives. I know two of them are concubines, but four ladies will birth him 12 sons and one daughter. And all the men said, good Lord. 
And something happens when he's 17. 17, he has a dream. And, and let me just summarize because the time he talks about getting sheaves, you know, he, he's putting together sheaves. And in his dream, the sheaves that he has stand up and his brother and mother, his brothers and mother and father's sheaves bow down to his sheaves. Then he another dream and it's about stars and pretty much the sun and the moon and the 11 stars are bowing down to him. Now, we have no record of him giving the interpretation. But it really doesn't need an interpretation, does it? Everybody can figure it out. And that's what happens with his brothers and his mother and father. Are you? Wait just a minute. What was the dream? Again? You're saying that we're going to bow down to you? Now, now watch. As we're talking about the blessing, sometimes we don't realize, and you will realize as we get into the New Testament, all through the Old Testament, it'll be a blessing that you'll see that we have recorded, or we have that we can see is recorded, is money, is the blessing on God's people. Wealth. You can just do a search, uh, a concordant search, and God blesses their socks off with money, possessions. Back then it's donkeys and camels and servants and all that, but it's money. As we get into the New Testament, you'll see that God will begin to bless with spiritual wholeness in our mind, our will, and our emotions, our soul. Listen, not just money, but it has an effect on money also and how we see life. As I've said many times before, that if you ask somebody that's not even a believer, is there anything that I can pray with you about? If they say, well, doesn't hurt. Most of the time they'll come up with either their finances need help or their relationships need help or their health needs help, some kind of health. Maybe somebody they know needs, but those are the three prayer requests. And God will show through people that make him Lord of their life and they follow in lordship that the blessing will come upon those people. Now, I say that, but we're in the Old Testament. And I want you to see that this young man gets a dream and we begin to see how it begins. he begins to be blessed with the power of interpretation. But this gets him in trouble because he's working and processing out his giftedness, what he's been blessed with. It doesn't go real good for Joseph because his brothers get an idea. And I could go into details and that's why you're going to read it. In, in the details, it really comes out to he gets hated by his brothers and they catch him. They take the coat. Listen to this. They take the coat, which is a symbol of the blessing that's on his life, and they dip it in some animal blood and give it to his father and say he's dead. Now watch this. They're going to take the symbol of the blessing, but they cannot take the blessing from him. You need to hear that. Because some of you are going through some times where you're saying that was taken from me or that was stolen from me or even I forfeited that because of an action on your own life. But the blessing of God is still on your life. He goes into slavery. Some Ishmaelite traders are coming through and it, everybody says, wow, what coincidence. He's in the pit. They're talking about killing him and somebody comes up with an idea, one of them, that lets you sell him, make a little money, sell him into slavery. Do you think God was in control right then when the Ishmaelites are coming by? 
don't, don't kid yourself. You're, I've been in a spot where I got my even my confessions messed up and began, you know, three or four things in a, in a couple of weeks have happened. And I'm going, man, I tell you what, and I shared this one time. I, I got out of my car and I saw a dog and I said, that dog's going to probably come over here and bite me. Man of faith that I am. Because I allowed the circumstances to bring me to a part of even confessing out of my mouth something I shouldn't have ever said. Do you understand the Ishmaelites are people that are going to come by and they're going to buy him. They're going to take him to a place called Egypt and they're going to sell him. And who buys him is very important in the story because his name is Potiphar. Potiphar is the kind of the, the commander of the army of Pharaoh. He puts him in his household. And I want you to hear this because if you miss these points, you're going to miss the story of your life. God is in control. Can I hear out of that? God's in control. Now I want you to look with me at Genesis 39. He sold to Potiphar, but listen, it says in verse 2, the Lord was with, he was with Joseph, and he prospered. Do we have the right, my version? In verse 2, it says, he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. Now, now listen to the way that the Bible explains this. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to get what it's trying to communicate to us. When his master was with him, this is an Egyptian that would have many gods. When his master saw the gave him success in everything, some of the things, two out of three things, it says everything. Again, Spirit giving it to us through the word of God is saying in everything he did. In verse 4, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything. Again, words that circle everything. I want you to hear that. Because some of us get to the point where we go, I'll work for my boss, and you know what? I'll cut a little corner off here, cut a little corner off there. And, you know, I've worked for these many years, so he knows that I... And everything that he did, he was looking to increase the house of Potiphar. Trusted his care, everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, it says, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian... Because of Joseph. Remember that. Do, do you remember last week when Jacob is going to leave his unbelieving father-in-law Laban? And he comes to uh, uh, Jacob and he says, I don't want you to leave my house. Because I know, really, through God, he has revealed it, that I'm blessed because of you. Because the blessing was on you. This is what's happening right here in the life of his son, Joseph. Even though he's in slavery, he's staying in the season, the lane that he's in. Joseph at this time isn't saying, well, if I'm going to be blessed, it's not as a slave. 
If I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to have a golden chariot. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. He's saying, what I believe the blessing of God is in me and on me, and wherever I go, I increase around me. The blessing is where, where it's at. This is a mindset. Now, now let me stop here because I believe right here. I'll, I'll come back because of just. But all of us have a belief system. Remember that. And out of that belief system, we make choices. And out of the choices, it'll put us in experiences that will either uh, confirm or disprove what we believe. And we're constantly tweaking our belief system. And out of that, we'll make choices. This is important for us as believers to realize that the love of God is in and on us and around us, and we can affect the world that is around us. That, that's a little low. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. If you don't, just hold on. The, because of Joseph, the blessing of the Lord was on everything. Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Now, wouldn't we all aspire to have somebody in our life like Joseph? Well, I want you to understand, if you think about that, there's people that are looking for you to be in their life. Who is inside of you? The Holy Spirit. Now watch this. The blessing is on him. But we know that every time that we get a word from God, that that word is put to the test. We see it in the New Testament when Jesus uh, feeds the 5,000 and tells his disciples, go to the other side, and sure enough, the storm comes up and they start doubting. The word of God was put to the test, and they, they, they couldn't believe. It's the same thing in your life and mine. Here, everything is going well for Joseph, and I mean, the blessings on his life, and Potiphar's being blessed. When something happens, has anybody had a storm blow in your life? Yeah. This is a beautiful storm called Potiphar's wife. She wore one of those outfits, those lo and behold. She comes in and tries to entice him, and the word of God actually says, come to bed with me. He takes off so fast that his coat is left in her hands. She accuses him to Potiphar of what he did not do, but she accuses him that he raped her. Therefore, Potiphar puts Joseph in prison. You know, just some conjecture. You have to wonder if Potiphar actually believed her because it would have been nothing for him to execute Joseph right on the spot. But again, realize he couldn't touch Joseph. Why? Because the blessing of his father was on him. I'm not talking about Jacob. I'm talking about God. He is so, he's put into prison I want you to see this, that just like the brothers steal the symbol of the coat from him but can't steal the blessing, this lady is going to steal 
or, or, or really rob him of his position in the house of Potiphar to put him in prison, but she still can't steal the blessing off his life. The Bible says he goes to prison, and some of you know this, and some of you are hearing it for the first time. And, and the, the Bible says he goes to prison, and he's still staying in the line. He's still staying in his lane where God has put him at this time in his life. Wow. He's not the head assistant under Potiphar anymore, but he's in prison. And he starts, as you and I would understand, at the bottom. It's not a good place. But the blessing being on Joseph's life is important. But here's what's more important. He realized who he was in God and the blessing was on his life. He realized that. Can I speak to you today? Don't allow circumstances to yell to you, no way. If you listen to the Holy Spirit in your life, he will say, this way. He's in prison. I don't know what happened in prison, but we all can imagine the horrible things of a prison in the United States. But can you go to a third world country and then times 10 in ancient Egypt, what could happen in a prison? To rise to the point, and just to prove it to you, because I don't want you to think I'm just talking, but Genesis chapter 39, verse 20. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him, and he showed him kindness and granted him favor. Can you say favor? Now listen, favor in a prison isn't that he has his own place to sit and eat at Potiphar's. Favor is becoming the chief prisoner and putting him over, and that's exactly what happens. Granting him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Does that sound familiar? That's what Potiphar had done. Why did he do that? Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. The blessing has been so obvious as we can, we can read the Bible and see it on Adam's life. We can see it on these men's life, the patriarchs and, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and now Joseph. But people are seeing it obvious. Later in the scripture, you'll see it on people like Esther. She'll get favor and she's really a nobody except she's a child of God. This is what's happening. And the prison warden sees because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Then something happens. He's been in prison for years, somewhere around 10 to 13 years, we're not for sure. But at the point of this story, now he's in prison and he's in the best situation possible, possible. Always somebody to compare yourself with, good and bad. Always, always. That's why the richest man in the world is fighting so much to make more and more money because somebody else, he's comparing himself, that's number two. There's always somebody to compare with. But he's in the best possible spot, Joseph is. And the word comes down 
that the king, Pharaoh, two of his servants are going to be thrown into prison because one of them has been caught doing something. They don't know which one. They don't know what happened, all the scenario. So the butcher, or you could say not the butcher and the baker, but the baker and the uh, butler is put into prison. And they both have a dream, and they come to Joseph because they have heard. I want you to remember that. What you do will be talked about in the realm or the people that are around you. That's why I I encourage you, wherever you go, put a smile on your face. There's too many people out there that don't have hope. Well, Pastor, they'll think I'm different. That's the best compliment they could give you. They say, we heard that you could interpret it dreams in 40 chapter 40 verse 8 it says we both had dreams they answered but there is no one to interpret them someone had a problem and joseph steps up then joseph said to them do not interpretations belong to god tell me your dream and he interprets them Now, now listen to this he's in slavery now he's in prison and he's working on the purpose and the, the giftedness of the dream interpretations. I want you to read the details of the dreams because they're pretty fascinating and they come true of what Joseph interprets. The blessing is working on Joseph in the middle of the prison, but he's been working to be obedient even in the middle of of something that you and I would say, well, he's not blessed. But that little obedience of interpreting those two guys' dreams, again, will be a small seed of an investment that will come back to change not only his life, but the life of his family and the world. Because why the world? Because we're reading about it today. And the turn goes like this. That the baker is really executed because he's the one that found out that is found out wrong. And the cupbearer or the butler is restored. What does the butler have now to his disposal? He has the knowledge that there's a guy back in prison that can interpret dreams. So when the opportunity comes up, when the king, Pharaoh, has a dream that nobody can interpret, now this guy looks good on the matter that he just knows the child of God. I know somebody that can interpret dreams, Pharaoh. Really? Who? This guy in prison interpreted my dreams. His name is Joseph. Now, this is what is the turning point, but you don't even realize it if you don't camp out here. If you're reading the Bible through in a year and you just buzz right through this, that because of his obedience in the place of prison, he is going to be propelled to the second greatest position probably on the face of the earth at this time, right under Pharaoh. The Bible says that the Pharaoh calls for Joseph. Now, let me, let me tell you this, because this is the part that I've got to tell. There's parts of stories that I just, I can't, I got to tell. 
here's Joseph, and he's being obedient in prison. And he's been there for years. And some of you have been obedient in serving God year after year, year after year, year after year, year after year, and you're faithful. And you're faithful. And you get up and do your thing every day, and you're faithful, and you're saying, God, I I don't see anything. That guy down there at the chapel said, I'm blessed, and I, I guess I am, but I don't see anything. I've been faithful. And you get up the next day and you're faithful. You don't give up. And some of you need to hear this right now because where you are, you're telling yourself, I've gone too far and I've done too much and it'd be just easier to give up. And it would be easier, but you're not called to just be easy. And the Bible says that Joseph just was faithful, 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 just like you. We tend to think of the patriarchs as these people that, you know, gravitate or they just levitate off of the ground and... But even in the book of James in the New Testament, it says that Elijah, whoo, talk about a long beard, long hair, flowing, you know, guy. He says, he's just like you and me. So Joseph was just like you and me, getting up and doing his work every day, just like you and me. But the faithfulness in his life, again, caused a place. It was a, it was a, a package. He was a vessel that not only held the glory of God on what he was doing, but it held the blessing in his life. So wherever he would go, things would increase and people would say, I don't even have to think about that anymore because Joseph is over that. He's being faithful. Now, some of you might feel like, well, you know what I'm faithful over and what I'm in right now, and it's, yeah, I'm the, I'm the king of the nerds. Who cares about that? How would you like to be the chief prisoner in an Egyptian prisoner? But that's what he was, just faithful. Not knowing that in one hour, the king, the most powerful king they think on the face of the earth at that time, Pharaoh, in one hour was going to call him. Come on up here. And it would change his life. He just went about that day and he was just as faithful as the day before and the day before that. Oh, he could have got discouraged. I'm not saying that he didn't have times low, but he'd get up the next day and go to work doing the faithful, faithful, faithful. And just like you and me, the day that you see that you'll walk and the day comes where you'll walk into the fruitfulness of what God has promised you. Here's 30 minutes and somebody's going to come and knock on Joseph's door and say, the king wants to talk to you. Not knowing it, but he's faithful. His brothers have offended him dirt balls huh Potiphar's wife lied I've been eating gruel in prison all these years because of her he didn't know in five minutes the king was going to come and get him out of that prison He just was faithful. And I'm speaking into your life today. Some of you have been faithful, faithful. And God's about ready to show up and show who he is in your life. And the story goes that Joseph is beckoned to the king and 
before he goes to the king, he's given new garments and shaven his face and showered and all those things so that he could come. And, and the story goes that the king says, hey, I heard. Isn't that something that I heard something about you? Tell me if it's true. You can interpret dreams. Well, I can interpret if you have ugly brothers, they'll cut you in the back. I'll tell you, I can interpret something. If you have a pretty lady around you, she's going to do bad things to you. I hate women. Have you ever heard people that just go off on a tantrum because something, all of those people are no good anymore. Come on. Don't be like that. And here's Joseph. He says, only God can interpret dreams, King. Which again, he goes, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Can you interpret? And he begins, boom, 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 boom. If you read the dream, or if you read in the Word of God what he dreamt and what Joseph is saying, it's not one of those dreams where you were fearful at night and you're going to be better in the morning. It wasn't some simple generic dream. It's like there's going to be a feast. I mean, you're going to have all this prosperity for seven years. Woo-hoo! But then you're going to have seven bad years. I would suggest that you save up the seven years so that you can go through the bad year. And the king, some people think he's a young man, that his father, the Pharaoh, had died and left him in charge. So he's here. And he looks and he goes, You're the man. Now, now we're going to take this up next week on this part, but he gives him the authority. And I could tell you, it says because he saw God on his life. And he says, it says this in the word of God. He says, nobody, this is the king, this is the Pharaoh. Nobody will raise a hand or lift a foot in all of Egypt without you first giving him permission. What? Pharaoh, I'm just a servant. I'm a prisoner. No. He steps right into his identity or into his position. All those people that try to steal that blessing off of his life, he said, no, no, no. You can steal the symbol of the coat of many colors. You can steal the the position of me being the chief assistant to Potiphar. But I'm not going to agree with that. Now, I want to end with this. Because I want you to have some takeaways to go, and I'm going to suggest some takeaways of this sermon. But it says that he has been, it was 17 when he went into slavery. 17. You remember when you were 17? But now he is 30. And you go, wow, 13 years that he was not free. 13 years. But here's my point. He will live to the age of 110. The time that he went through the tough time is only a little over one-eighth of his whole life. Sometimes we get in a position that we think that our problem is going to last forever. And our circumstances are going to say, no way. But God says, oh, yeah, because I am the way. Follow me. He has two sons 
when he is made prime minister over Egypt. And quickly, I want you to know, one of them is named Manassas. What does the name Manassas means? What, what does it mean? It means God has helped me forget my troubles. But his second son is named Ephraim, which is he has made me fruitful. Some of us today need to hear that. Some of us need to have a Manassas before we can have an Ephraim. And we got to forget the troubles that were in our past so that God can make us blessed in our future and fruitful. Right now, you're being faithful. I want to encourage you to continue on. Here's a takeaway too, and then I'll wrap it up. The blessing followed Joseph to Egypt because it was on him. I believe that Joseph could have went to India and the blessing would have followed him there. But God chose to go through the the process of what he did. Do you realize that, let me just quickly say this, because some of us, we get in this process that we think that it's going to take. God could have chosen for Joseph to be in slavery a hundred of the 110 years. Are Are you still going to be faithful in your life when that happens? Or let's put it the other way. God could have chosen the Ishmaelites that was taking them to slavery, to Potiphar's house. Somebody in that little caravan needed a dream interpreted. Joseph at 17 interpreted the dream. They they know Potiphar's bookkeeper or someone, and boom, he could have been the prime minister at 18. God chose not to do that. It comes down to lordship. Do you believe that God has the best for you? The blessing flowed Joseph. The blessing followed Joseph to Egypt because it was on him. He stayed in the blessing in his lane out of obedience, even if it was in slavery or prison. And the blessing was around him because wherever he went, he created a better fill in the blank. A better household for Potiphar even a better prison for what the warden was responsible for. It's in understanding that the love of God is so amazing in our life that it gets, gives us the confidence, no matter where we are, that's different than somebody else, or even our mind, that I can't be blessed until I reach this amount of money, or this position at work, or I'm married to that woman, or whatever the circumstances are. The destination disease. You know what I mean? When I get there, then I will agree that I'm blessed. But the blessing is on your life right now. And I encourage you to walk in it and be faithful to the things of God. We're going to continue this because the good news is on the way next week on this story. Read the end of the book of Genesis. Let's pray. Father, you are amazing. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing right now in our life, if we can see it or not. Because God, we believe that you're still on the throne. God, you still are in control. 
no matter what goes on in our world, no matter what circumstances say, there's no way. God, you have the way. As we keep our eyes on you, where there seems to be no way. Father, I pray for my friends today. God, Lisa felt led to pray over all those business owners too and those that are going to be. And God, I pray blessings on their life. But God, I, I pray for those in the front, in the back, to the right, to the left. God, everybody in this place today, that they would understand that the blessing of God is on their life. And wherever they go, God, the blessing goes with them. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Now this morning, before we leave, I, I want to make an announcement and to honor some people that have been faithful, faithful, faithful in our church. You know, I, I preached this message and I began to think about Keith and Christy Schwarzendruber. And I want to ask them if they would come at this time. Kelsey and Cameron, I want you to come too. Let's give them a hand as they come. We want to give this bouquet of flowers to Christy. And I bet Gwen thanks me so that Christy will hold them. <laughs> Aren't those beautiful? Well, yeah, we can put them down there. Keith and Christy have been so faithful to Gwen and I, <laughs> but to our church as a children's minister for, they've been in our church around 19 years. I think Kelsey was held three months old when they came and she's 42. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 19 years at our church, I believe, and 18 years on staff. And uh, I don't have time to tell you. We would take days to tell you of inside jokes and stories that we've had. And uh, But Keith and Christy are leaving our church today, and they're going to embark on another ministry. And we know that the faithfulness of God is on them and around them, and it's going to bless them in their ministry. And, and I just, you know, when I look at Kelsey and Cameron and the blessing they've been to our children's ministry and youth group and young adults, they, they even have been in children's programs. How many people remember them in children's programs? And, and uh, Keith and Christy are just talented. And Ch Keith started on the staff pretty much. His portfolio was a chalkboard. Anything that I wrote on it, he did. And so he's very, uh, I guess, flexible and universal in what he did in the ministry. And we want to give them a love offering. Give them a hand today. Hallelujah. We love you guys. We're going to show a video and then I'll have you speak. Hallelujah. Definitely a family that is loved. You may be seated just for a few minutes. I want to ask if they'll show the video, and then I'm going to have Keith say some words.
I've always been one that kind of liked to the, the speak in front of people and talk and say things. And today, I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Except that this was not an easy decision. It was not a quick decision. To be honest, Christy and I wrestled with the idea of one day becoming a senior pastor. Actually, the thought came to me about a couple years ago, and I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm a children's pastor, God, and we're we're at the chapel. That, that's that's who we are and where we go. And we, we just fought it. I mean, it was just, it was a challenge. It was just because it would have been easier if we didn't love our pastors and love you guys. It would have made life a lot easier. But we just struggled with it and really just, but just at the end of the year, we just were praying and believing. And God gave us a vision and a passion to step out. And I just thought, you know, we can take what we've done here and just continue, just add to, multiply, and build. Because I believe that God has given us something. I look back and think of everyone that's been involved in our ministry this morning. I think Brooke was probably the youngest in our children's church on our first Sunday. And now she's leading worship. Some of you have helped us and been part of our ministry throughout this whole 20, almost 20 years. And we just have come so close and so passionate about this church. So just know that we love you. And as we do step out in this ministry, just know that we are hopefully going to multiply with what we've learned here and what we've, we've had here and an extension that we will always be a part of the chapel. Always be connected to you guys because we love you guys. We love Pastor and Quinn. Uh, they have been so honoring to us, and I hope that our testimony is that we have shown honor. 
and that we've been loyal and that we've encouraged you to each each one of your kids and each one of you have a purpose and a plan that God has for your life. I've said that every Sunday, I think, back there. And those, every child that's come through there. You have a purpose and a plan, too, that God has to move you, just like Joseph, into a life of fruitfulness. And I hope also that you see that God also moves in the Holy Spirit. And you've seen God move with the anointing in our life as well. And he has that purpose for you. So, yes, it's a difficult and hard day for the sorts of Jubers. But we know that God is leading us. We're being led by the Spirit to know that God is stepping us into a, and it's a big risk and a big step for us. But we know that with the support that we have from you guys, we're going to be successful. We know that you guys are going to churches continue to grow. We know that God's going to send the right people in the right place for us to be able to, you know, someone to come in and do greater, bigger, newer, more creative things than even what we even did. Because that's how God works. So I encourage you to just continue, continue to say the course. Faithful, 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 faithful. So you can see that fruitfulness. I believe that. I believe that. We love you guys. We love you guys. We love this church. We love you guys. And this is hard. But we love you guys so much. And we will miss you. There won't go a day that we won't think about our life that has just been ingrained and entrenched with the chapel. We forever will be part of the chapel. And so we appreciate everything that you guys have done for us. We appreciate you guys, Pastor. Appreciate our times. Even all the little funny stuff that we will have, uh, we will share them forever. And I love that we're leaving good. There's no bitterness, no anger. Kind of makes it a little harder, though. <laughs> but, well, but that's how God works. We, 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 I told Pastor, I said, I want to be able to walk away and know that, hey, we're, we're still good. We're, we're building. We're building, not tearing down or leaving from tearing. So just know that wherever we go, that y'all will be a part of whatever we do. I, I believe that. So we love you guys. Thank you. Pray over you guys. Love you guys. Why don't you stand? Would you just, as we are dismissed, would you just place your hand out and we're going to pray over them. And I believe this is the way to leave a church, commission them to go into the other parts of the world and minister also. Let's pray. Father, we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit, we know, will go with them everywhere they go. But God, we pray the blessing that we talked about today. Isaac and Jacob will be on them. And, Father, wherever they go, whatever they do, that, Father, people will know that they are your children. That, Father, where they go, the Garden of Eden, that the blessing will follow, and, God, it will increase. God, their creativity, their wisdom, God, will be outstanding. And, Father, they'd be able to change lives because of you being inside of them. And, Father, we pray this in your name. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming today to the chapel. If you'd like to say something to Keith and Christy before you leave, please come on up and we'll, we'll share that time together. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Amen.